Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, hello, the world. We are the Malfa Hello, and welcome to one hour of the mouth of motherfucking manliness. But I'm in the mouth of manliness. Man and the manliness. With me, Nicholas Norris. And me, Brad Action. Brad Pants. Action. So, you, 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 um, so if you're listening, me and Brad haven't really seen each other for the best part of a month. Ages. It's far yeah, too I've, long. Yeah, I've been on holiday. Um, and... Brad's been going through a fucking revolution. And, um, yeah, the world's all changed. It's in, all changed. In, in the land of uh, mouth and mouth. It's not for you guys, if you're listening. Uh, stuff hasn't changed that much. Right, I really wanted to do a big shout-out to Nick on Nights. Oh, yeah. For starters, he's got a really good name. Yeah. Secondly, uh, he gave us a massive shout-out today. Yeah. Um. So this week, our episode with Simon Murphy came out. Mm, love Simon. Um, and Simon was pretty magic. And um, I don't know, it, it felt a bit special that we were getting stuck into bipolarity, like mm. face on. And then uh, Nick put up a bit uh, on uh, Instagram. There was a segment from it. And we're saying that how amazing it was. And uh, I do think that was one of our... Like it, that would that would be our Sony Award, yeah, because it was just um, someone actually talking about bipolar like, in a really honest way, completely. And it, it seems to have been really good for him. Yeah, I got that impression because he posted another video. He posted a video and talking about how medication makes you put on weight and things yeah. like that, and you know all these things that are just never talked about. Mm. And it felt really, really special. To yeah, me. amazing. And uh, he's such a lovely fella. It just felt like a privilege to be oh, sat there listening to him telling his story. Like I was choked up through most of it, and like you could, it like it sounds not horrible, but like how can I put it? It it, uh, it kind of like put so much stuff in perspective for me, and like let like there's no other way of saying it. Like it, that's a real extreme that he's it kind of been extreme. through, kind of thing, yeah. and you kind of like. Not to belittle what anyone's kind of going through, but you kind of think, oh, like, this is happening to me, that's happening to me. And then when you hear something that's going, someone else that's going through something like that, and then you're like, fucking hell, like, that's next level, you know? And for, like, for him to, like, have come through the other side of it and just be as lovely he is and and everything else. That was, uh, so he put a video on uh, YouTube recently. So look him up, Simon Murphy. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode with Simon Murphy, then do. Hello, Boston, by the way. Oh, big up, Boston. It's been a little while, Boston. We haven't spoken to you for a bit. Um, but Simon, like, talking so openly about it uh, was... Yeah, it did exactly that for me. Yeah. It made me think, like, oh, fuck, I feel like 
I feel like I've got mental health problems and you hear about that. And I, you say, so the video he put up on YouTube later on, um, like after I'd said to him, like it's really, really powerful just going, it's not my fault. Mm. And just being really honest with the world and just going, it's not my fault. And uh, then he put that video up and I was like, fucking more power to you, mate. Like, fucking respect. Mm. And um, But then then what he was saying in that video was really powerful because he was saying basically that like, he deals with this every minute of his life. Yeah. And like, I, I always think I fucking deal with this all the time, but not to that extent. No. Like, you know, as much as it's kind of horrible as a voyeur, voyeur to look into other people's mental health, but to see that actually you're you're okay and you're probably not as bad mm. as that, it's something quite powerful in that. Yeah. You don't need to feel bad about it. No. You know, like Simon, he's managing, he's doing amazingly, amazingly well. Mm. But um, I think quite often when you have got a mental health problem, uh, most of the time you're managing. I'm, I'm managing most of the time. Yeah. And I notice when I'm not managing, so I'm not doing that well. I yeah, wasn't managing that well around you last week because mm. I was fucking in pain. And if you feel ill, then your ability to manage your mental health at the same time as to manage your fucking feeling ill and being in pain mm. diminishes. Yeah, of course. So, in the time that we've been away, I feel like Brad has had, um, has become a bit of a new man. Yeah, a lot has changed. Um, uh, my beard has gone. Well, it hasn't gone. No, you've got like a two, you've got like a three-step beard thing going on. Yeah, so it's like quite wiry. So I was like, I'm just going to clean it up. So we're down to uh, a seven. Is that a seven? Yeah. Just there it is anyway. So you've got like, it's got a logo at the front that it goes a bit shorter there. There's a step and then it goes Jeremy Beadle. Okay, it does, yeah. Yeah, it does. It's kind of like, it's taken back to its bare bones. It's its natural kind of state, which is, and I've got to get my it hair cut. It's a bit of coverage in me. What, beard-wise? Yeah. So, so uh, when I was on holiday, uh, I, what, the last, what? Forever. For, yeah, I do feel like I've been away for fucking ever. Um, uh, Brad has been representing the mouth of man in this massive. Mm. Um and one of the things he did was uh, there was a, uh, they call it a stunt, but I don't like calling it a stunt. It didn't feel right saying um, stunt. But tell us what it was. So we were lucky enough to go and record with um, a company called Manual, Men of Manual, a few weeks back. And basically they're, I think they're internationally like a skincare company, hair care company. They deal with like erectile dysfunction, baldness, uh, skin the stuff. stuff. I was interested in because they do rather than just taking the tab. You know, like the tablets I was taking them made yeah. me miserable. They do them. I don't necessarily recommend them, but they might work for you because they do work for a lot of people. Yeah, I think they're kind and of. They do a spray as well, which I'm interested in. But well, like I, a spray on hair thing. No, it's like a spray that makes your hair thicker. It's got minoxidil, which is good for you, like makes your hair thicker, and it's got propecia in it. That's interesting. And I, I'd like to know whether I could use that and it not make me suicidal. Well, they're going to be um, sending us some freebies soon. Because they were talking, oh, really? they're doing oh, these. I, um, about, I did want to ask. Actually. Yeah, they're gonna. They're, they said they're gonna try us out on these um, jelly things, um, like these vitamin jelly things, which is something to do with Saint Crover. Um, they do all sorts of stuff. So this, is, this is our friends, Manuel, Jenna, 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 Georgia, and Georgia, and No. Yeah, and cool, Daniel. Daniel. Um, and so basically, we recorded that, and that's going to come out soon. So we'll share the shit out of that when it sort of um, when it arises. It's yeah, just that us. Was really fun. I felt like we were rock stars. Yeah, it did feel like they we sat were. us on a set and just interviewed us. Yeah, they interviewed to... us for about an hour. And the photo shoot was good because we were just jumping about like a couple of bellends and getting photos taken of us. And yeah. Stuff like that. Um. So we all hit it off, and um, like we really like their message. They like our message, kind of thing. And then they dropped us an email and said, would you be interested with doing this thing to raise awareness uh, of mental health in general, mostly for um, Movember? Yep. 
And um, we were like, oh, yeah. But then you were like, oh, no, I'm on holiday. And you were like, Brad, go and do it anyway. And I was like, oh, I'll go and do it anyway. I didn't say it like that. I said, if you can, it would be great. Yeah, no, you did say that. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go and do that. So I went down and basically the premise is we went down to London Bridge and it's a known bridge for people to jump off of. Oh. So there's like all along the bridge, there's like Samaritan's number and stuff like that. Oh, I don't know exactly why that particular bridge, but it's very easy to jump off because I had to stand on the edge of it uh, on a cold Monday morning and it's scary as hell and cold. But in my mind, I wasn't as cold as I would have been as someone who jumped in. And so we all had T-shirts on. There's about 15 of us, I think, 20 of us. And there was, like, I had anxiety written on mine. Um, there was grief, um, imposter syndrome, depression, depression was there. Um, stress. Stress. And basically, these guys are uh, heroes um, from all different walks of life. Um, some of them really are men who have just stood up and said, I've got this thing. I'm, I'm going to talk about it and that's it. Other, others were like patrons of charities. I was talking to a guy from the BBC there who, um, set up his own kind of, um, like men's group, like men's mental health group and stuff. They have meetings so and stuff. So got invited to or you had to have a password? The, uh, password? Yeah, he sent us Oh yes, that was that. That's exactly the one. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, shame. I'd really like to go. So that'd be a good one. But uh, we've also been invited to um, two guys. Um, they run the grief. Um, ah um, right, yeah. One guy's like uh, like a barber, I think. Yep, that's Covered it. Yeah, uh, and Jake, the other guy, who I I was speaking to quite a lot, and they run that together, and they've asked us to go down to that as well, which is oh, pretty yeah, cool. Right, which is crazy. Um, and and potentially there's like another 15 guests we could have on because each of them <clears throat> had just the most amazing story to tell. We could always we stand there on my scooter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up for that. That'd be easier, wouldn't it? I've got a spare helmet. Um, so, yeah, basically we all uh, stood on the edge of the bridge, held hands and had photos and like video taken and stuff like that. Um, the video they've just done and sent us over today, so I'm going to post that yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah, You've yeah, shared it and everything as well. And um, the photos are kind of up and about as well. And it got a bit of press attention. We've been in a couple of magazines. Um, yeah, I feel really privileged to have been a part of it. It was really cool. What I really like, so if you don't mind me talking about it a little bit, about you. Mm. So um, this has all come at a, uh, a transitional time for you. Yeah, so that was on the Monday. And on the Thursday before... There was an incident. Yeah. And you talked about that um, quite openly uh, like in association with this thing. Mm. It felt so, like the right thing to do. Yeah, and right I just thing. thought, you know what? It really kind of impressed me. And I thought, it's really nice that uh, something bad's happened to you. And then you've gone and done these amazing things off the back of it. And other good things have happened as a result. Yeah, definitely. It kind and of... it's just like, it's really nice. Like... That's perfect. It's yeah, poetic. it felt like that, and it was a moment almost of like I felt like I'd been given two elements, two things, and the universe has gone saying both at the same time. Um, so basically, on the Thursday before that happened, um, I had a big argument at home, money related as ever, um, massive bust up and argument in front of the kids, and um, I stormed out and I drove around as many supermarkets as I could um, and bought as many painkillers as I could. Um, took some of them, not as many as I tried to do, and then tried to drive my car into the river. Yes. Yeah. That was a Wednesday, by the way. That was a Wednesday. So I came, I saw you on the first. That's right, yeah. That was Wednesday. It was, um, I, I was... From my point of view, I thought something was going to happen at some point because the pressure was fucking... It's been on the cards, yeah. Um, and then when I saw you on the Wednesday afterwards, sorry, the Thursday afterwards, you just seemed like a new person. Yeah. It was like, you seemed really wide-eyed and it was like, oh, suddenly the world is like, the world is as it should be. Yeah. 
you just gone right. Fuck it. That's it. Yeah. And the, so the doctor. So the lesson to be learned is that one of the best things I think you did is that it turned out you've got a great GP, amazing GP, two amazing GPs. That you, when you were in that study, uh, you rang the doctors and they well, said, yeah. "Come in now." I kind of like, I at the time it. I didn't feel like it was that kind of thing that, say, Simon described or yourself have described of being like completely out of it and held down by people in white coats and dragged up to the hospital and stuff. I didn't really feel at that level. I think I... No, but you don't. That's exactly no. the point. And I think the... I th like, for me, I went off and did what I needed to do. So... I didn't end up taking, I only ended up like a, a small amount of the painkillers through the rest of the way, bought a big pouch of tobacco and shitloads of food and energy drinks. And I just sat and smoked and ate and just processed everything. Um, and looking back now, I don't think I would have killed myself. But what the, the thing that scared me is I. I didn't really feel accountable for my actions in that moment, yep. in the argument, in the driving away, because I literally spat the car away, drove like main, like a maniac kind of thing, and then frantically driving around all these places. And one of them, I couldn't quite go through with it, so I ended up buying like four energy drinks and drinking them instead, because it kind of felt like a similar kind of thing, like destructive, you know? Yep. Um, and the food kind of felt like comfort, and the cigarettes were kind of like something naughty still. It's because, like, yeah, you often talk about not being able to just eat. Yeah. You want to eat. And, and like, I, if you smoke, it's like, oh, I've been really bad. So yeah. It's like, but what was interesting was when I've felt like that in situations in the past, the first thing I would do is go and buy 10 beers or a couple of bottles of wine and, like, really kind of destroy myself. So it's kind of like the painkillers and the driving into the river were kind of the thing I was going to destroy myself with but that was almost as if like it was my that I don't know like it was like an impulse and that's what scared the hell out of me and I um Kate's uh, brother had come and picked her and the kids up um and I kind of knew the house was empty I didn't want to go back to the house I tried to sort out somewhere to stay in South End. I thought, oh, I'm not going to go back. I'm just going to stay in South End. There was an element of me that was more worried about me being on my own then, like overnight. And you I know thought, you could come in. Yeah, no, of course. I, I know that. And there's loads of it other really people. There's loads of people I could reach out to, but I didn't really want to... I didn't know what it was at the time. And I, I, I kind of... I didn't know where to go. I drove around quite a lot um, and not wanting to kind of put it on anyone else no, kind of thing. I know, and that's what like, <clears> we were saying, like the shame and... Yeah, yeah, and not knowing what it is at the time. Yeah. It's so, and I was thinking, how do I even explain this and what I'm saying and everything else? It's just mad, like backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Yeah, in hindsight, I think I did, and I know it could have been a lot worse. Um, but then knowing the house was empty, and I felt so sick from smoking all the fags and having like 10 cans of Monster Energy drink or whatever. I just wanted to be at home in bed. So I got myself home and I laid there. I was just like crying. And then there was a bit of me that thought, fucking hell, you really did try and kill yourself today. What's going to happen tomorrow? And I was like, I don't really know. Like, How do I go through having that knowledge now? How do I just carry on? Like I've got to like they'll all be back in a minute. How do I just be a dad again and a and a company owner again and someone who has to go out and face people and stuff like that? So I don't know what to do. So then I was like, well, I can't really ring nine 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 because I'm just a bloke in bed. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, the doctors like probably be a week till I see him, whatever. Although mine's pretty good, I normally get one like the next day of the day after. But it's late in the day then, kind of thing. And I thought, like by that time. They will all be back and would would I be arguing again? Like, should I be taking myself out of that situation kind of thing? And I rung up the doctor and I just said, oh, um, 
just wondering if you've got any appointments available. And they're like, oh yeah, like we've got one. Um, I've got a cancellation tomorrow. Like we'll get you in tomorrow morning. So like, that's amazing. Like that's really quick. And then obviously they say, oh, like what's it regarding? And I, I don't know why, but I just said, oh, um, it's my mental health. I tried a few things today and failed, and I don't know how I feel about it. And she was like, oh right, oh okay, um, okay. And then put the phone down, and then within about ten minutes, she rung back up and said do you want to come in today? Like, we think you should come in today. And I was like, yeah. Uh. If I can interject there, when you told me about it, um, I didn't panic. No. When you told me about it, I could have just gone, oh, fuck. Mm. I didn't panic. Because I, I don't, I know your situation can be really shit. Uh, but I don't think your intentions are to leave. No. I've never got that from you. No. Um, and so when you, the fact that you rang the doctor showed that uh, that you care enough. Yeah. That you don't want to leave. And we know now it's circumstantial. Yeah. Um, and it can be changed. But yeah. at that time, I couldn't see any way of changing it. I'm in a lot of debt. Um, my company's reliant on me actually being at work and going to work. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd run out of answers. I'd run out of options, run out of everything. And at the time, like I say, the kids were there. Even Buddy like kind of started hitting me, kind of protecting Kate. And at that moment, I thought, oh, fucking really? I've lost my kids now as well. Like, what have I got left? Oh, Fuck oh, all. Yeah. And I, I was just like, oh, I'm off. Yeah, that's like, but now I know, and I've spoken to him about it since. I've said like, I'm really proud of him for sticking up for his mum. I wasn't doing anything. Obviously, I was shouting aggressively. Um, and he was just sticking up for his mum. And I, I'm proud of him for that. But there was an... And I know it's not the case. He's only five. But, like, there was a moment where I thought, fucking hell, I've lost my little boy now as well. And that, I just... I, I just thought I'd lost it all. And that was it. Shit. But knowing the reason why we're in that situation arguing essentially is because of the situation we're in because of the money and the company stuff and everything else. And I just didn't have any kind of answer to it. Um, So on that day, the doctor was amazing. Like literally like full attention, no time limit or whatever, just talking it over. His main concern, they were talking about changing my medication over because I'm on fluoxetine at the moment. At the time, I was only on 20 milligrams. He said, like, if you want to, step it up to 40, like, just take two. He said, there is another drug I can prescribe you, but I'm kind of worried that you're just going to neck them all because of the things you said about the painkillers. It'd be irresponsible for me to give them to you today. I said, I completely appreciate that. I said, to be fair, I'm really happy with how the fluoxetine makes me feel. Um, a little bit scared of doubling up on it because I feel like it's been kind of sat all right but then obviously it isn't because what has happened has happened kind of thing i'm kind of quite scared about being addicted to him mm. um which is silly really because it was me i'll be like fucking double up yeah and then like so so you didn't double up no not even not oh, even then no so basically we went out and had a lovely steak that's it. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you come over and you took me out for dinner, which is such a nice thing because it was like, at the time, I kind of felt it was just me. And then you come along and it was like, I don't even remember us saying too much, but it was just nice to just be in an an environment where it was just like a little level of... In a completely selfish thing, though, it was really lovely to be able to kind of be there for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like, like it, it was no grief for me. No. But it was really lovely to be able to be there for you. I felt like you were just there, like straight over, like first person. Well, my mum and that come over on the day because obviously they were worried like what was going on. But like, and I hadn't seen them still. Like you were the first person I saw after after it all happened kind of oh, thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it just felt so nice knowing that you were there. It was amazing. Really, it was lovely to come yeah. over and be there. And like... At the time, like I didn't really think anyone else other than you would be able to understand it or either. But you were really like, and you I weren't even I'm very fond of you, Brad. Yeah, no, I know that. Like, you weren't. There was no, like, you were just understanding, and like, 
just saying the right things and at oh, times you didn't even say anything it was quite nice. nice but yeah so like I then so the doc um, so the doctor I think this is a very important point yeah is that the doctor said you're not going to work yeah so on that initial day there was no talk of that he was more concerned about kind of keeping me alive I thought he said that no, so the next day, I then went back. Oh, okay. And I just said, like, I don't really know what to do. I said, I'm, I'm coming to you in a bit of a bit more of a kind of stable state of mind. Um, and he was like, well, obviously, you're not fit to work. I said, like, he's, like we spoke about work and everything else. I said, well, I don't really know what to do because like, I run a company. And if I'm not earning money, then I'm not earning money. It's simple, it's simple as that. He said, well, you're in no fit state to do it. And then, like, we spoke again. Like, I feel like we were talking for, like, for hours in there. And I told him everything. And the main situation is having to maintain that, like, go out, earn money, do it. It's, you know, I'm lucky that I could do the job that I could do, but I've never really liked it. It was only because the money was so good kind of thing. I'm lucky that I've met some great people along the way, but there's... You know, it's full of liars and people just out for themselves, and it's just. But not it wasn't giving you anything. Either. No, it's not me. I liked the challenge. I liked it when people would say, "Oh, that's impossible," and I said, "No, no, I can work out a way to do it," and I would, and it would work. But then I wouldn't like it when we get a phone call next week and it doesn't work again. You've got to go and fix it again, kind of thing. And I know, like, I sound like a like a overprivileged, whinging baby, really. Like, I felt lucky that I no but that's bullshit though isn't it because like that's what I was saying to Dave on the last episode is that your problems are your problems yeah you can't then go oh right well you know if I was living live, if I was living in Africa in you know then I'd be I'd have no money and I couldn't eat mm. You can't relate problems in that way. No, that's true. They, they are whatever you've got in your hand at one time. Mm. If your hand is overflowing, then it's fucking overflowing. Yeah, of course. And it's like... And that's what was happening for you. Yeah, and I've... What was weird was, like, I've always considered myself to be open and honest and talk about everything. And it turns out I have been more than I used to. It's still not enough. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is like there's a culture kind of around me and my family. It's like, oh, come on, let's have a drink. Like, don't worry about that. Stay positive. And I've kind of been doing that for the last 37 years. Oh, yeah, that'd be all right. So don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of, I've not been able to deal with stuff head on. But since doing the podcast, I've been able to. I feel like it's given me like a level bit oh, no, of No, I've had these moments of guilt when I'm like, you know, like, you, you kind of mentioned before when, like, you're, and I hope I'm not getting out of turn because I'm really not doing it any dissing, but, you know, like, when your mum was worried about you talking about things, you know, mm. in that extent that actually it might make things worse. Yeah. So, like, when I've been away, I've been like, oh, fuck if I made things worse. No, not at all. But then I think, I don't, I don't believe I have. No. Because um, being honest with yourself is really important. And like, I don't know, I've seen a, a shift in you. It's changed things, yeah. but it's because it needed to change and it, it needed need to, to come out and it needed to be because spoken it, about. Because you were just managing all the time, yeah. managing, managing, mm -hmm. managing, at the extent of absolutely everything else. Yeah, and the thing is like, um, but again, not knowing what can change, what how to change it. And a lot of it, I'd, I'd think, right, I need to find a job that I am passionate about that pays well and then kind of do that like looking it's for really an answer nice, and it, it would get to the point especially like with this where I'd be at work on a building site and I'd be constantly checking my phone thinking oh please just be an email from someone or a message from someone saying oh like we want you to come do this want you to come and do that kind of thing but then like this this almost become not certainly not this one I've been in podcasting a little while but like it become a it become the answer so much that i at times almost destroyed it, it just doesn't happen, yeah because I'm trying to push it in a certain direction which is it's not the answer and I now know that 
the answer is just doing what we've been doing is just talking about it and sometimes it seems cryptic and, and different but that's because that's what it needs to be at that that kind of time sort of thing yeah i um see so when this was one of the occasions when um when our listeners when uh, Brad just blows me away all the fucking time, and I don't even think he realises it. Uh, so um, I, I I went round, I came round yours on the Sunday, and we were watching a bit of Radiohead uh, at a festival, and um, it, Brad's got a really nice acoustic guitar, and it, a rare occasion where I say it's a nicer guitar than mine, <laughs> but I had a go, and then Brad started playing the bass. And, uh, oh yeah, I and Brad's this. doing the uh, uh, basically uh, the bass uh, the bass guitar I really like is the the um, the bass on Tame Impala, yeah, um, and basically that is kind of Paul McCartney's bass. So I'm just strumming a couple of chords with a little bit I've been messing around with. And Brad starts playing that fucking bass, and I'm like, you fucking cunt. He's just started playing like exactly what I would have ever wanted. You know, if I'd have recorded that tune, I would have wanted that bass on it. Amazing. And you're just picking it up. And like, you only got a strap and it's like awkward. And you're just playing it. And you're playing amazingly well. You work. Oh, you thank work. you. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and like, as much as like our friend Stuart has annoyed me recently, you know, one of the earliest things he said to me was, Brad's fucking talented at shit. He's, pr- he's talented at loads of things. And you are. And um, so it's really nice to see off the back of this really awful episode is you've had an opportunity to kind of find out a bit about what you, uh, how good you are at things. Yeah, so, like, I went back to the doctors the next day and they signed me off for a month. And that was scary, but basically what that did is no one could argue with the fact that I've just got to do what I'm doing. Um, I can't be going back to work. And believe me, there was days where I was like, how can I fucking, how can I do this? I still owe all this money. I've still got to do this, still got to do that. And like my wife's been amazing. Like the support I've had from her has just been incredible. Um, Because she kind of, she agreed. And it was hard. It must be hard for her to do. Because we've just scary. spent, yeah, we've really spent scary. all of this time doing the opposite and trying to do the opposite, you know. Um, but then, like, I've got, it's almost like the universe has gone. You wanted an opportunity to work out what you want to do. Like, I feel a little bit again. I'm going to sound like a cunt saying this, but like, there's so many things that I've wanted to do. So many things I know I can do. I've, I don't really know what I want to do. But then, like I said before, I'd like to do music therapy. It feels like a sensible thing to pick and choose and kind of go and do. But basically, we went into um, the, I don't know whether it's called that now, but the job centre, basically, and to find out about universal credits and what we could essentially get and how it how it all work. In my mind, I'm still going back to work as soon as possible, but being grown-ups, the best thing to do is just go and work out, even if it was just going to cover this like little patch kind of thing. Yeah. And we went into Universal Credits. Now, in my mind, the last time I signed on when I was younger, you'd go in there and I'd say, right, I want to be a record producer or a rocket scientist. And they go, oh, we haven't got anything like that, um, but we've got this um, labouring job. If you don't go and do it, you're not getting any money kind of thing. So yeah. I'd end up like going off in some other kind of I different direction kind of thing. Like well, this is the thing. So I went in there... And they man- they did our interviews at the same time. And Kate had like a big stack of all like the money, stuff like that. And she was kind of processing all of that on that side. And um, I got talking to the lady that was kind of dealing with me. And I said, oh, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing some like um, driving jobs or something like that, like a little delivery round or something. I still meet people and talk to people. But essentially, like, once I've finished at work, I go home and that's it kind of thing. Like, sounding all keen and positive. And she was like, you don't want to do that though, do you? I was like, well, you know, yeah, if it brings in money and if it's just, but no, no, that's not what you want to do. Like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I don't really know. I said, I'd really like to do something in music, but like, I bet you haven't got like lead guitarist of Kasabian written down yeah. there or whatever. 
Um, but I'd like to do like music therapy because I feel like that would help people. From what I've seen, I feel like that would help people still. I still get to sit around playing music all day, but it's in, in a direction kind of thing. And it's not directly like if I make a bad song or a bad, bad album, I'm not losing money because it's bad or whatever. It's like finances are sorted. I'm getting paid for it. There's music involved and I'm helping people. Like it ticks three boxes. I feel like that's a sensible answer. She was like, well, let's, I'll help you. We'll train you to do that. I was like, Absolutely. what, really? And I was like, then they were like, yeah. And she went, how long are you signed off for? And I said, oh, it's only like for another like three weeks, or whatever. She went, go down to the doctors, get yourself signed off until the new year. I was like, what? Are you, are you yeah, sure you work yeah. for the job centre? She was like, yeah, get yourself signed off for the, until the new year. New year, new you. We're going to put you on some courses, get you trained up. Oh, really? And fire you in that direction. I'm, I'm, burst into tears really? i was literally i my face exploded because like i don't know it just felt like for the first time it wasn't just me talking to you saying oh yeah i want to do this and i want to do that obviously i want to do all that stuff like really felt like someone like just was like yeah we're, we're going to help you do that and di- do it in that direction kind of thing it's like but like uh, a face of can a can you do that um but you're not working for yourself. I think working yeah, for yourself P-A-Y-E. is not a good idea. No, I agree. Um, this I would do for us, like for ourselves kind of thing. Yeah, but but, yeah, but anyway. I don't want to have to rely on it for financial. I know it sounds weird. No, we're not going to make any money out of this. No, no, I know. We don't make a penny out of it. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like I'd rather it be like a PAYE job, and yeah. it, uh, the finances need to be covered and sorted, and the pressure isn't on me so much. Kind of thing. And that those jobs do exist. They do. Um, so um, I sp- I'm hopefully, well, the story continues. So um, the I sp- message a company called Ace Music Therapy in Chelmsford. And I'm going to go and meet the lady next week. I think it's like a four-year degree and then a bolt-on course at the end, which kind of scares the hell out of me because I think, how am I going to finance that? But people I've been speaking to are like, yeah, you can do this and get that grant and stuff like that. And you can work like a couple of days a week and stuff like that, which is amazing. It's something that I didn't think I would be able to do, being a father of two kids and living where I live. really easy. My degree was really easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm up for it. Do it all online anyway. I used to have to go to the library. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, the mad thing is I'm up for doing that. And as long as everything else is sorted, then I I can see that being what I do for the next four years. But I also got in contact with Mark and Rob from Time Music Therapy in Basildon. Now, what's weird is I see their stand at um, Village Green Festival in Southend. And I remember thinking, that's really cool what they're doing. Am I with them on Facebook? You might have done. So it's like, oh, it'll kill me for not remembering the acronym. It's like therapy in music yeah, something. Yeah. Um, so I emailed him and I said, look, I don't know what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, but like, can you give me some kind of direction, even if it's like, oh, yeah, going to do this course or that course, whatever. Uh, and he said, oh, we do a club night every Monday. Um, for the people that we've had in therapy to basically come in and show everyone what they've learned during the week, like come down to that. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. So I couldn't go down like the first well, week. They do things at the edge in Basildon. That's it, in the yeah, edge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I joined that group. Oh, amazing. I couldn't go down the first week, but I went down the following week. Mate, I've spent not so much now in these last sort of 10 years, but the 20 years previous to that, trying to do as many drugs and drink as possible to make myself confident enough to go into a room and sing and dance and jump about and DJ and do whatever I was doing. There was just a room full, I think there was about 90 people there in the end. So really? Of just the happiest atmosphere I've been in in such a long time. People were drinking still, but no, not like drinking our drinking. Like it was just like I think I saw two people buy a beer or whatever, mm. but just joyful love of life. Just no gripes, no. It was just just it's pure, yeah, just pure joy. So basically, people with um, learning disabilities, disabilities of all kinds. There was people who 
you know, couldn't walk. Um, uh, the whole a whole cross section of life. Oh, they do loads of stuff with people with learning disabilities. So basically, with music therapy, you can go in and you might want to like play an instrument, or you might want to listen to someone play an instrument. You might just want to sit there and hum or play, a, bash the shit out of a drum or whatever. And people like they do it throughout the week, and then at the Monday night they come and they show their skills. And this was just karaoke night on this night. And it was so good, like people, like the energy and people getting up and singing and stuff like that and playing guitar and stuff. And like, I just thought, like, at a moment, I was thinking, like, imagine doing this every day. Like, it'd just be so good. And I got talking to Mark and Rob down there, just loveliest fellas. And um, they, I'm going to go and meet them again. They've asked me to go down and meet them again. And I don't think I need qualifications to work with them either. So that's something I can start doing straight away, which is good. Um, and then there was this, I think it was Friday night or Saturday night, I was walking down my road and there's a house, a f like a flat, and in the window they've got these monitors, and I always look up and think, oh, like, I wonder, like, someone's making music up there, because they've got, like, monitors, and I see, like, a mic set up and stuff like that, I, like, I wonder who it is and what sort of music, and they're literally, like, four doors down from me, and I remember thinking, like, oh, it'd be so cool if, like, I made music with them and they were just neighbours and I could just pop in and stuff like that. I looked up the window. I reckon, really recognised the guy. I was like, that, I know that face. Like, who is that? It was Mark who runs this, who runs Time. It's the oh, same well, guy yeah. that I'd been emailing. He literally lives down the end of my road. Like, as if that ain't the universe, like, yeah. getting involved in some kind of weird way. And I'm, like, it, I, I thought about messaging him and I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to sound like a mental. And then he messaged me and said, oh, like, um, don't worry about not coming down. Come down next week or whatever. Oh, by the way, like, did you walk past my house the other day and see oh, someone yeah. like staring back at you, um, trying to work out whether they knew you or not? And I was like, yes, that was me looking up at you, trying to work out whether I knew you or not. He literally lives like at the end of my road. It's fucking crazy. It's like blown my mind. It, it's really difficult because I think life is really fucking tough. And um, the pressures of bringing in the money bringing in the money and kind of like especially when you've got kids and like bringing in the money to support your family it's really fucking hard um and it it's the ultimate pressure it's mm. the biggest pressure and uh, i think it's a huge pressure on men but it's also a pressure on women as well yeah you know like women feel that pressure as well um and often it's like the kind of like the ruiner of relationships um, because it's like, oh, why are you not fucking bringing in the money? Mm. You know, like, you're the man, you bring in the money. But then, you know, that also fucking flips on its head when it's just, like, a single mum. Mm. Um, but essentially, it's like, that's not all there is. No. You know, that's, like, that's, that, that plays into this fucking paradigm that that's what you do. Mm. And uh, if that if that paradigm, like that's fine with a lot of people, but if that paradigm's fucking killing you, mm. then you step out of it. And the scariest thing is, is when you don't notice that it's killing you, because it feels like the right thing to do, because it's what everyone else around you is telling you to do. Yeah, no, but because that, that's normal. Yeah, all consuming and all compassing. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, but that's been killing you. Like, how long, we've been doing this for six months. Nine months. Nine, oh, nine months, and we've done it. We've done amazingly well. Mm. Like you know, the podcast has done much better than I ever believed it could possibly do. Yeah. Um, but if the one thing we get out of it, and the best thing we get out of it is that you've gone, you have just gone. Oh, I'm not playing that game no more. Mm. Uh, then I, I'd fucking close the books now. Yeah. And go. Like, I'm happy with that because mm. Brad's better. Yeah, he is. Like, uh, I, that would do me. Mm. You know, like we were saying, like, all we wanted to do was make one person think, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like if you feel better about things, then you do seem to be a different man. Yeah. Like, you do seem to be so much stronger. And it just, it just kind of had an opportunity to find out, oh, fuck, I'm good at that. Yeah. I'm good at that. And like, you'll message me and go, yeah, I'm really good at that. And I'm like, fucking, and I'll say to my wife, Sarah, oh, Brad, yeah, 
He's really good at that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fucking, it's really nice to hear you just go, yeah, I'm good at that. It's like, I kind of know you are. Yeah. I know you're really good at loads of things. It just doesn't feel... But you just haven't had the fucking space to be good at things. Yeah, it's it never feels right saying that you're good at stuff. And I think because I do lots of different things, I've never really known what I'm good at. And I literally, like we were saying before this, like I'm. this is all early days still. I'm still trying to process everything. You just do what I do. I, I'm just a creative. Mm. Like, since... Uh, well, since doing this podcast, I've learned a lot about myself. Mm. And I've learned that what I'm good at is just being creative. Mm. I'm fucking shit at most other things. Mm. And I shouldn't even try those other things because in reality, I'm not all that good That's at That's the thing, is sometimes realising that you don't have to try and be good at everything, yeah. which I didn't understand. I think from a, like me wanting to be James Bond point of view and trying to be great at everything, it, it'll kill you in the end. I feel like that's Ed, Eddie's taught me fucking loads about myself. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, you're not good at that because you're not fucking good at that. Mm. But you're really good at that. So do that more. Yeah. That is the thing is working out what it is and then getting really good at that one thing. I still don't know what it is. But if that good thing is... No, but I'll tell you what you're good at. It's communication. You're really good at communication. Mm. And that, uh, for, from my point of view, um, there was a point when I um, I didn't, when I was thinking, oh shit, I need, I need Brad to be better at communicating. I need him to be going and doing. Mm. And when you were in the fog of all the shit, you didn't feel that confident in you being the communicator. No. And then I was like, oh fuck, now I've got to be the communicator. Yeah. And actually, I'm not all that fucking good at it. You are, though. Uh, but no, it's not my main thing. Mm. I'm better at fucking... I'm a, I'm a dreamer. Mm. Better at being a dreamer. That's why I'm better at drawing pictures. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to be the communicator. So what's happened in the last two weeks, three weeks, I've learned that actually you're really... Fuck, you're the communicator. Mm. You're the... If you think of us... As the mouth of manliness as being a business. Yeah. I'm a fucking dreamer. Like, I'll come up with an idea. Mm. You're much better at making it happen than I am. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that. No, you are. Mm. And that, that was my realisation. When I was away on a holiday and I'm fucking in pain with my face, I had this really strong realisation. It's like, I know. Brad's the fucking communicator. That's crazy. Uh, I I might be the the mouthy cunt in here. <laughs> I might be, but that's because I'm being reactive. Mm. I'm the daydreamer artist. Yeah, but you're the doer. You're the one who makes things happen. I'm not. I don't make things happen. Well, no, you do because you. Um where I would fluff and say, oh, we could do this, we could do that. You go, well, well no, we'd do that. Well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the daydreamer goes, no, that's where we go. Yeah. But you're actually the one who makes it happen. If you think about it in terms of this podcast, this podcast would not exist if it wasn't for you. Hmm. You're the one who makes things happen. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You're the action man. I am Really the fucking man. good at it. <laughs> yeah, they've never really given it much fault. Well, you need to give these things more thought. Because mm. actually, you're really, like, from your, you went and did that a business thing, and then, and I was, like, shitting myself with this, this conference that I talked us into. Oh, yeah, I've got to go and do I'm that. Like, uh, I'd be much better standing on the stage going, I've got all these ideas. Yeah. Because I could do that all day long. Mm. But walking up to people blind and going, oh, like, like you should buy into what we're doing. Can't do it. Yeah, I don't mind doing that. I quite yeah, like you can it. Do it fucking tenfold, which you totally taught me. Wow. And I really learned something about it. Mm. But I, what I like is the fact that since you've kind of stepped back from all the shit, I'm learning more about you, mm. and I'm learning more about. Okay, that's there, and 
now I'm learning about all these powers. Yeah, I think because... You, you impress me all the fucking time. Uh, I suppose I've been living a liar like for the past five years of being like this... You haven't had space to be yourself. Nah. And I've not really known what or who myself is. But I'm blessed to be able to do a lot of different things. Or not, like, whatever I put my mind to, I'll give it a bloody good go. And I'll go all in on it and try and learn as much as I can. And then I'll get disappointed that I can't. Yeah, that's a massive skill. Yeah. To be able to just, like, almost fly into a situation and then be able to deal with it. And mm. just be able to go, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And that's what you're really good at. Yeah. Like, you can just go, yeah, I can do that, I can do that. Mm. And like, you are a fucking really gifted. I can I can say all those things. And invariably, I'll be like, bro, can you do this? No, but then things like wh when you thought you couldn't do them, and I've showed you, and you just do it straight away, like some of the like social media bits and that, like you're receptive to listening and learning. Like, don't take, I know. It's taken me a long time to get Yeah, that. I know that I can show you something once and you'll do you'll do that thing, which is yeah, great. but that's because, oh, like, that's my ADHD, ADHD brain goes, well, I need to fucking do something. Because most of the time, I think your brain's doing everything. Yeah, I don't, it's not no, really. But, no, don't take this the wrong way. What I'm saying is that you're an impressive individual. I don't know how to take it, but thank you very much. You are. In reality, whatever comes your way, you'll deal with well. Yeah. And you'll end up doing something really fucking good. Mm -hmm. And I also, I think, you know, um, I think in reality, you'll end up doing something like we're doing. Yeah, I think so. The stuff like with Warren. Oh, respect. Massive respect to Warren. Yeah, 100%. I don't know him as Warren. I know him as Wergy. But respect to Wergy, mm -hmm. uh, my man, who oh, I've been getting on very well with. He's lovely. I've got better guitars than you. <laughs> He's asked us to go into the studio together and uh, make some noise. Yeah, we'll do it. Mm. We'll do it. We'll do it soon. I was thinking it's Sunday night. Yeah. No, I just think, I look at you and I just think, <laughs> I do. I, I, I do. I feel quite jealous. I hate seeing it when you feel when you're slumped. Because I do. I look at you and I just think it's fucking capable. There were moments when I've because I've been kind of processing it all. Um, over the last sort of probably three years, where I've been sat literally hunched over the dinner table with everyone talking at me, and I've just been staring into space. And just lost, like, dead. Just, like, n n nothing. Like, couldn't carry on. And I think the thought of anyone else feeling like that and getting to the point that I got to um, makes me feel really sad. Like, I feel lucky that I've been able to get it sorted out and I've had you and, like, the support network around me. Kate's been amazing. My mum and that's been amazing. Um everyone it's been great um like i'm really lucky and privileged and it what the first initial thought i had was there's so many people every day who have the thoughts that i had then that day and haven't got that network around them or any voice of reason or whatever or maybe haven't got kids like basically that the kids sort of kept me alive you know like yeah, the thought yeah, of not being able to yeah the thought of not being able to see them again like there's people out there that haven't got that like i feel like we can help them with this i do feel like we can help people but i also think that um when you're um i kind of often think of it as like a war analogy when you're in the trenches when you're fighting the battle in the trenches and i've done this myself uh, you're you're in the battle and the battle is against your own mind mm. uh, and I'm in that battle quite a bit um, I I look after my own so I look up like my purpose is looking after my family and kids and the people I care about um, sometimes like that's all you can do yeah and and you can't actually be, you know, there's thinking, putting yourself in comparison to other people, mm. 
and thinking, oh, they've got it worse. That's not really the frame of mind. No. The frame of mind should be, right, I can only be good to others if I can be good to myself. One of the problems I had was I felt like I was giving everything that I could do, working the hardest I've ever worked before, longest hours, earning as much money as possible, and it still, it still wasn't, it wasn't making everyone happy. So I think for a long time, because of the culture that we live in and everything else, that trajectory of like, get as good as you can at your job, earn as much money as possible, at the end of it is all these answers answered with money kind of thing. No and it's not answered at all. If anything, it's the opposite. So it's that idea of... Uh, looking externally for your answers yeah which i've done for a long time and there's uh, like that is a complete fallacy yeah you look outside like oh, if i earn if i was a millionaire uh everything would be all right mm. millionaires aren't all right no like it looks like they're all right they haven't like they're going out like you look on in- instagram and it looks like they're having a lovely time yeah but they're not all right no you're better off just earning enough mm. I feel like you've really turned a corner. Yeah, it's massive. I really do. Yeah, it is. I'm really pleased. Like I said, it's a shame. Like, up until yesterday, I've been sort of jumping around and all like the person that I've wanted to be for a long time. I'm just tired today. But No, but you had therapy today as I well. I did, yeah. Often a bit difficult. Yeah, and doctors this morning. But what's amazing now is normally this point in time, Thursday night, at whatever time it is, 11 o'clock. Is it 11 o'clock? I'll be thinking, fucking hell, like I've got to get up in three hours, four hours, yeah. I've got to go to work. Tomorrow, I've got one of Kate's friends coming over who is like a um, an advocate for um, women, postnatal depression, breastfeeding, healthy eating and stuff like that. And she she was reaching out loads. She was concerned about me and how oh, I was Brad and everything else. And... Um, she wants to do a podcast and she's asked me information about it. She's going to come around in the morning and we're just going to talk about loads of stuff in the same sort of vein as this. And it's like, I'm looking forward to getting up in the morning and having coffee and taking the kids to school. Fridays, we take bloody break dancing and I'm looking forward to that. And like, I still feel like, like I'll edit this tomorrow, but it's not going to feel like a job or work but it's still working towards something that I want to do. Yeah. And obviously I'm aware that all that financial stuff is still there. I'm still 60 grand worth in debt, but there's ways now that I'm going to be able to sort it out once I close the company down and stuff like that. And it'll still be there. I want to pay it all, but it's it's not right in front of my focus and it's been lifted, like a weight's been lifted. Yeah, it's weird. Isn't it? It's so weird. So I wait, can't even... Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'll give in to it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's scary still not knowing the answers. Like I say, I'm in the same position. But what's exciting is I'm going into this next phase of my life with a support network around me of like friends and family that are just incredible. Um, and the knowledge that the NHS is there for me, the doctors are there for me, the therapy is there for me, um, and it's there for everyone. And if you have, if you've had problems or a bad experience with like doctors or therapy or whatever, try again. Move somewhere else. Try and uh, different doctors, different way. Ask for funding or wh- whatever yeah, it insist. takes. Sometimes yeah, insist, you go, you insist and ask, or ask us, and we don't know, but we might be able to point you in some direction, or ask your teacher or someone at work, or and just do whatever it takes to stop you feeling how you're feeling, and that 20 seconds of confidence to say, do you know what, fuck this, like I've had enough, I'm going to turn it around, um, will not only make your, you feel better, but the people around you feel better as well. I want to take the moment to, uh, from what you were saying, it just kind of, made me think about one of our kind of long-term people who's been in touch with us uh, and speak to Remy. Yeah. And say, uh, Remy, 
Yeah. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. And um, yeah, hear all this stuff. Yeah, mate. And uh, and to Carl as well, who's been writing a book. Writing a book. A dark time. Yeah, he's been sending me bits and bobs, and he's kind of like done lots of bits in it that have kind of mentioned us and mentioned Helen, who was on recently. Yeah. So Remy and Carl, I know you're having it fucking hard, but we're with you. Yeah, man. And that's it. That is it. Good night from the mouth of manliness. Good night and God bless God and bless. big up your bad selves and <laughs> Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 